It's a real honour this morning to have uh, Roy and Jess, Pastor Roy and Jess with us, and Lois and Alvin. So I've been going into Malaysia now for uh, 20, nearly, this is my 29th year of going into Malaysia. And my spiritual father is there, and that's where uh, I've been trained and discipled. And I'm still, I'm still a disciple. I'm still looking for that leadership over my life, and it's been a wonderful thing. And uh, Roy and Jess, every year that we've been there, every year without fail, they've looked us up and they've taken us out for dinner, not allowed us to pay ever. They've not only done that for us, but they've done that for countless pastors uh, from all over the globe. Graham and Deanna are amongst that lot. Stephen and Mail are from the Philippines. Uh, Roy has a powerful testimony of God's grace himself. He might share a little bit about it this morning. Uh, But he has been, uh, yeah, just an amazing spiritual son in the house. And uh, the thing that really amazes me about them is their service, the way they serve and serve another man's vision. Uh, so, so in a moment, we'll, we'll have you come and share, but there's just some things that I wanted to say about the year. And uh, I have got a lot in, in my heart for the year to come. And, and really this has been building since we we're in Malaysia in November at the School of the Spirit over there. Um, couple, of, couple of things, I, I hope you've had a good rest. Uh, this is sort of our wind up Sunday. And we'll keep ramping it up because it's going to be big. But uh, I want to talk more about what's happening, you know, externally sort of thing. Uh, One of the things that that really came through in the conference last year is that God is going to increase His glory on the earth. It's going to become more manifest. If you look at Isaiah 60, it says deep darkness is covering the earth. Uh, but the commission to the church is a rise sign for my light is on you. And that's Old Testament because the, the, in the Old Testament, it, the light is on you. But in the New Testament, it comes out of our inner being. And uh, a couple of priorities for the year. Number one is to see Christ revealed in us. I was thinking this as I just jotted some things down this morning. Uh, what is hidden will be made known. And I believe this is what happens. You know, it's the good and the bad. So, so I used to live on a farm and, you know, at dusk, people, the neighbours would turn their lights on miles away. And you couldn't really see the lights, but as it got darker and darker, those lights began to shine. And I really believe this is going to be this year you know, the, the nations are like a, in a kind of spiritual dusk and, and the light of God needs to shine in and through the church. And churches like this. It's very interesting because the whole of the earth has been waiting for the revealing of guess what? Yeah, well, I was thinking they're more interested in who's on Epstein's list. This is true. But we've got to change and we've got to get more interested in what God is doing rather than what's happening 
in the world and around the world and with all the stuff that's happening. So many people are looking so much for the rising of the Antichrist and they've totally got their eyes focused on the rising of the Antichrist. But the Bible wants us to focus on something different. We need to know the times that we're in. But in this time, the message is Christ must be revealed on the inside of us. That is why what I talked about, about love, is, uh, is um, it's really important because one of the ways that people are gonna know is the love that we have for one another in the house. Now, if you're misbehaving, people don't have to be all lovey-dovey about you. We've got to learn to love God properly, honourably, with a purity. And this is really where God's calling us to. So while the whole of the world is waiting for the names that are on Epstein's list, the whole of the world is actually waiting for something that they don't know or understand. And that is the manifestation, the revealing of the sons of God. Those that have been prepared by God, those that have said yes to God. Number two, I believe this is a big priority is that God wants to set the house in order. He wants to set the house in order. You see, there is a generational blessing when there is a well-ordered house. This is my biggest concern. And I'm gonna continue on that theme because there are so many keys that God has given us that, that need to be put in the place where God needs to bring order to our house. And when I talk about the house, I'm talking about my personal house. I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, I'm talking to you about your family. I'm talking to you about your family. Get your house in order. You know, if you look at the prophetic timelines, uh, uh, there's gonna be something happen financially that's gonna send shockwaves through the globe. And I believe this, you know, uh, Dr. Jonathan has mapped out a prophetic timeline which has been so accurate. And he spoke 2012 to 2019, the years of the fat cow. Uh, 2019 to this uh, November that went, uh, not last year, but the year before, this, the, the uh, skinny cow. So we got one more year of the skinny cow. One more year. And then it is a bleeding cow. So this is where don't get your eyes on what's happening with the Antichrist and all that. Get your house in order. Let the Antichrist worry about that. The Antichrist will rise, but he doesn't have to rise in Gippsland. Doesn't have to rise in your house. So get your house in order because God's gonna do a great thing in and through a well-ordered house. And I believe this house is very important to the future of the city and, and, and to Gippsland, this place here. You know, I was talking to some of our people this morning, this is the original highway through sale right here. God wants to do something right here that is of regional significance and maybe even further than that. So, so getting your house in order, make sure that you're praying. You know, if you're not praying every day, your house will get out of order. Make sure that you are prioritising prayer. Make sure that you're prioritising the prophetic purposes of God. 
Make sure that you're lining up with what God's saying. You know, many people can't hear what God's saying, so their life is out of order. And, you know, it's like truth will come and it hits them and they become offended and they, hurt, they become hurt and they run from God. You know, God wants His house in order because when He sets the house in order, there is a generational blessing that'll go, not just this generation, you know, it'll go generation to generation. So this is, this is amazing. And, uh, you know, if you look at the Scripture, there are plenty, there are plumb line Scriptures. You know, if you look at the whole of the Old Testament, the Old Testament uh, is about how the house was built according to a pattern. And even the nation was built, the nation of Israel was built according to a pattern. But, you know, and there was an order. And if you look at Ezekiel chapter 40, this is where uh, Ezekiel got called out and he met a man who was obviously an angel sent by God who had come to measure the city. And you know, when God begins to measure you, uh, you'll find out where you're out of order. And God's been showing me this because so many of us have got our eyes on the wrong thing. We've got the wrong priorities. We're, we're, we've got the wrong way of coming to decisions and we're messing our lives up. And God wants us to come back, you know. And the other Scriptures you should look at in the Bible are the divine plumb line Scriptures where God drops a plumb line from heaven into the house to measure the accuracy of what we're built. It's amazing stuff. And a typ typical Scripture you know, you'd remember when David Vacker was here, he spoke about, you know, he called me out and he said, you're like a zero bubble. And, you know, I hear these prophetic words come and they go, and, but, but this thing sits with me. And if you look at it like this, it's uh, Zechariah 5.9. Now there's heaps of these scriptures. He says, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple and his hands shall also finish it then you'll know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small things? For these things rejoice to see the plumb line is in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro. So, you know, God puts a leadership in the house to set the order. And if you can understand that, then we can start to move in. You know, there's, they talk about a new world order that's coming. Let me tell you, it's a new world disorder. But God's counterattack to that, counter strategy is He's going to establish right across the nations, houses that are connected to the order of Melchizedek. A well-ordered house. So this is my introduction to the year. You know, God wants to set things in, in, in place. You know, when we allow offence to come into our life, our life all of a sudden will be out of order. Men, when we allow things that we shouldn't come into our life, and I want to name something, and that is pornography, then what will happen is our life is getting pulled way out of order. And these are things that we don't want to talk about because they bring, they allow shame and all these things. Look, don't feel shame ever. Come to repentance. 
Come back, come back to prayer. Come back to Him because God's gonna set people free from shackles this year. People are gonna get set free like you wouldn't believe so they can come and find God like they never have before. But there's a generational blessing. You know, the other thing is with our giving, we need to be honourable with God because if we're not giving according to the will of God and the instructions of God, then we will be out of order and our finances will be out of order. So, so you know, I, I haven't been doing a deep dive down the rabbit hole this time. I've been doing a deep dive into what God's really saying because that is the answer to the nations. And it is the only thing that will cause us to prevail. So here's a couple of things that uh, from, from the home base that are gonna begin to happen this year. These are prophetic thoughts and guidelines, things that are gonna happen this year. And I wanna say, get ready because the city is gonna begin to come and find answers. I feel it. I feel it. People are gonna begin to come like it says in Isaiah, come let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and He will teach us of His ways. This in that sense is the mountain of the Lord. People have gotta start coming home, but God wants to work on you. He wants to set you free from your own ideas. Do you know what is gonna take you and cause you to live a mediocre life? Your own ideas. My own ideas have got me into trouble. It cost me tens of thousands of dollars. But when we submit our ideas to God's idea, we begin to tap into the generational blessing of a well-ordered house. Anyway, that's another message for another day. You watch because some things are gonna happen. And, and the reason why God wants to set the house in order is not because He doesn't like us. It's because He wants generational blessing. He called Abram out and Abram, his house was out of order, but God set him in order. He met the high priest of Salem, Melchizedek, and things began to line up. You know why we can't pray and see things happen is because we're not connected to the order that God is establishing in the earth. Now, here's a couple of things that are gonna happen. Number one, we are gonna see accelerated prophetic fulfilment. And uh, after this, uh, Roy is gonna come and, and share whatever he wants to. So I thought we'd finish the worship a bit earlier this morning so we could hear from Roy. And this is important too. Number one, there's gonna be accelerated prophetic fulfilment. No more delays. Psalm 126 is becoming a reality. We are gonna reap with joy what we have sown in tears. This is a great year for the well-prepared. And some of you might feel like you, you know, you need to be get reshaped, realigned so that you can fit. Sometimes we don't fit in the house, you know. Do you know why that is? It's normally because there's been a resistance in you to something that God wants to do. And you've got to come back and say yes to Him. Number one, accelerated prophetic fulfilment. What needs to be will be. If you're believing it will happen, no more delays. Sons and daughters are coming home. Prophetic words are being fulfilled. 
You know, because what happens, God gives you a prophetic word and it's like 30 years and that prophetic word come, keeps coming and we go, when, 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 when? And then we're two years out and that's when people wanna quit. And it's like this building, 33 years. 33 years God gave us the prophetic word and then it just happened. Number two, abundant provision and supply. Let me tell you, the supply chains are gonna come under great restraint in the earth. It's happening already. Prices are going up, inflation's rampant, energy costs are high, jobs are being lost. But the prophetic word will cause us to prevail. I wanna speak over our sons and daughters this morning that there will be an abundant provision and supply. There will be an increase of wisdom to break through financially. There was no lack in Goshen when the money failed. There was no lack, it's Genesis chapter 27. When the money fails, your gold will buy nothing. A lot of people have put their hope in gold. God is never fooled. Don't lay up wealth, treasure, where the enemy can destroy it. Open up your heavenly bank account and begin to operate in the Kingdom of Heaven. And we'll talk about that a lot more. One of the things is there's all sorts of intelligence on the earth, but God is gonna restore financial intelligence to the church. Uh, because, uh, you know, when you look at the nation of Israel, how did the nation of Israel, how does it flourish? It's only 80 years of age. But God said the rivers will run in the wilderness. And there's a stream that makes glad the city of God. I know this is our time because about a week ago, I had a dream of rivers in the wilderness here in Gippsland. So something's gonna happen. We'll talk more about that during the year. There's, thirdly, there's gonna be awesome protection. There's gonna be awesome protection over people's health. Don't believe every diagnosis. You should listen to what the doctor says, you definitely should. But don't believe every inaccurate document. I'm thinking of you, a diagnosis. Mela Saab, one of our pastors, Four years ago, four years ago was given four months to live. She was terminal. And this is amazing because when I was over there, I heard that Dr. Jonathan rings regularly and is coaching her on how to stay alive. So now we're four years out and she got up and gave a testimony at the conference over there and the cancer was right through her body and has now left her body except for her neck. So from a, it's sort of the healing began from the feet up, isn't that amazing? But, but uh, there's messages coming this year on how to stay alive. For senior people, how not to get old. Amen, your body can get old, but your spirit should never get old. Amen. We, we met someone during the week, lovely person. And this person's been through a war. And uh, I looked at this person, we thought, wow, she's old. She was not any older than us. 
See, it's, see, it's tapping into this. This is important. Come on, it's not the church as usual. This is the church unusual that's emerging in this time. Awesome protection. And, uh, you know, uh, there's gonna be no more fear. We don't have to fear harm or violence. We don't have to fear death. Uh, We don't have to fear harm, but we should memorise Psalm 91. Amen. Number four, action-packed progress. It's good to see so many of you back. I was a bit worried. I thought, oh, there'll only be uh, Lynn and myself and Roy and Jess here this morning. But you're here and that's great. The development of our lives in the Spirit has prepared us for a time. And I believe this year is going to be great uh, adventure and there's going to be great progress. But don't stand on the outside of what God is doing. Don't create your own assignment. Don't try to hear God. You know what? You need to hear God on yourself, but there is a corporate voice for the church. One of the things is that uh, Dr. Jonathan said in this is prodigals will begin to return home now. Isn't that amazing? And as we set the house in order, the prodigals will begin to return home. We need to reorganise our groups so that we're just not learning about God and we're not just building information, but we are picking up revelation that is coming for the house. So this is what God needs, wants to do. Now, now I've got a little to-do list here. Keep your finances clean. Keep your records clean. Being obedient with your giving. Accurate, you know, uh, honest, obedient. Being honest with the tax man. Being honest in society. Be generous. Just this week over the Christmas. It's funny, I had this thing. Now we're early, all right, we finished the worship early, so you're not, we're not in a hurry. This is important. About a month ago, I started to think of a man in sale and the Lord started to prompt me and say, told me how much I should give him. And I thought, oh, maybe I'm just being manipulated. So so I didn't. Then I saw that his dog had been impounded. And the Lord spoke to me again and said, you haven't given. And I got in contact with this guy and I said, I want to help you get your dog out. So I went with him, I picked him up and I took him out to the pound. Tim and myself did this. And we got the dog out. And this guy was so very, very thankful. And uh, the amount that it cost to get that dog out was exactly the amount that the Lord had spoken to me to give him. I think we've got to be more like that. There's no benefit to me to do that. Apart from the fact that obedience with giving is really important. The bottom line this morning is that we need to live our lives so that Christ would be made known. We need to live our lives so that Christ would be revealed. 
And we need to live our lives so that Christ will take his place in our own hearts, in our own families and in the cities. And there's no room for anyone else. No room for offence. There's no, no room for criticism. There's no room for our own opinion. There's only room for Jesus. That He may be revealed to this city. Amen. So that's the preparation thoughts for the year. And now we want to welcome uh, our very dear friend, Roy, and uh, Jess, if she likes. I'm not sure who's speaking. You're not speaking. God bless you, Roy. As long as you like. Amen. It's good to be back here after many, many years. I think about... For me, it's about 18 years, probably. I think I was staying with the Murphys during that time. Yeah. My wife has been here since 20 years ago. Together with my daughter when she was, she just turned 12 during that time when we came over. And I remember Pastor Brian drove us past this place and shared with us about his vision concerning this place. And it's really great to be here to see what has happened. We have heard that 2024 is a year of revealing the Christ inside of us, the hope of glory, and all the things that Pastor has already shared. The promises of God, it comes. All the promises that He has shared, it comes together with the revealing of the Son of God, the revealing of the Christ inside of us, the hope of glory. It comes together with that. Therefore, the revealing of that Christ, that hope of glory that is inside of each one of our lives is so important this year. But, and so we've, we've got to make adjustments for that. We have to make adjustments for that. Everything that He has shared to us, you know, awesome protection, finances, all these things are great. All the promises are great. But there's always conditions to it. And that condition is to reveal Christ this year. Well, you know, the, the thing about many of us, including me, we, 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 we have learned all these years to be so selfish even within the church. You know Why? We only know the gospel of salvation, of your salvation. And most of the time, we emphasize a lot through, through the years, we, we've emphasized so much concerning salvation. We must be saved. We must be saved. We must be born again. We must be saved. To do what? We don't know. We, we just want to get saved and go to heaven, die and go to heaven, but that is not what his plan and his purpose was when he created Adam and Eve. When he made Adam and Eve, it was to bring heaven down onto the earth. It was for them to leave heaven here on the earth. So we are not dying and going to heaven, but we are going to bring that heaven down here on the earth so that we can live in heaven here on the earth. And that is the difference concerning the gospel that we have received. 
concerning the Christ in us. So because we have been learning that all these years, it's everything about, it's about the blessings of God in our lives, the blessings for our family. We, 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 but again, the promises are good. But the condition is that we must reveal Christ. Adam and Eve was created in the image and the likeness of God. Correct? That was why when God put them in the garden, they were able to cultivate the garden. They were drawing from the garden. They were living heaven here on the earth during that time. Because of that image and because of that likeness of God, because everything was there for them. But they lost everything. They lost their authority. They lost their dominion. And most of all, they lost that intimacy with God. They lost that re relationship with God. And that was the greatest thing that they lost. It was because of that relationship with God that they lost, that they were cut off from, from the breath of life, even though He breathed, breathed into them the breath of life. And that was the thing. That life was cut off. So the very day that they sinned, that was the very day that they died. Because that relationship was cut off, they lose everything, they were towards the grave. Now when Jesus came, you know, this Christmas to me was so different because this was what God was showing me. Christmas to me this year was so different, even though in 2006, my Christmas message was all, all the time Revelation 12, since 2006, because just before my father died, he had a dream before he died. He, he saw in this dream a woman carrying a baby coming towards him, bright light, coming towards him, showing him the baby, and then moving back again. And she was gone. And my dad told me that dream. I did not understand that dream, so I called up our spiritual father in Moa. I said, Pap, what is this dream about? And Papa said to me, he said, you know, Roy, your father knows his time is coming up. He is seeing a generation that is rising. He's seeing a, another group of people that is rising to take the church to another level. And all he said to me was, Roy, remember Revelation 12. That was where the woman gave birth to that male child. Can I just flow from what is inside rather than going back to my notes? <laughs> you know, and I begin to realize that Christmas is not about that baby Jesus, but it is about that male child that is going to be birthed. And that male child talks about the corporate Christ. Talks about us rising up, carrying a, a different facet of Christ coming together as one. And the church must come to that place like what Pastor Brian was saying, we have got to love one another first in this place. 
in an accurate manner so that we can love the people out there. And that is exactly what God wants us to do. Because the new commandment that He gave to us was love one another as I have loved you. By this all men will know that you are my disciples. If we have love for one another. And that was the time when Judas went out of the room before he gave that commandment. When that was the time that he made a new covenant. So church, it comes to a time that we, we, we have got to decide for ourselves. That we've got to settle every betrayer. The attitude of Judas inside of us, that inclination to betray one another. We've got to settle it inside of our hearts. Or else we will never walk into this new covenant that God is making with us. All right, pause. I was brought to my remembrance now. Pastor Brian said I might share a little bit of my testimony. <laughs> At the age of 15, well, okay, I was brought up very young, I was sent to church. Sunday school, children's work and everything and I was doing at a very young age I was cycling around with the adults with the youths door to door evangelism and everything and we have doors slamming to our faces and everything but at the age of 15 I went to another extreme in fact at the age of 15 I became a doctor I became a pharmacy at the age of 15. I had a double degree. How many of you here have that? Right. Pharmacy, I was a drug pusher. Doctor, I was injecting heroin into people's veins. And for 11 years, that was hell for me. Because for that 11 years, I was away from the presence of God. I knew I was far away from God, but yet deep down inside of me, while I'm chasing the dragon, I had an open Bible next to me. I'm still wanting to come back to God. But for that 11 years, I could not. I did not have the strength. I did not have the grace to turn back. I had a pioneering anointing as well during that time. And the pioneering anointing was during that time, we, we brought heroin into our town. It was, it was so new to us that the special branch was just next table and we were smoking drugs here and they were at the next table, did not know what we were doing here. You know, but... I thank God that the Lord took me out of that kind of a life because it was a life of hell when we are away from the presence of God. And when God brought me back, you know, I, I told the Lord, you have a calling in my life. Whatever you want to do, 
Alright. If you want me to serve you, okay. But for years, I questioned something inside of my heart. Because at that age of 15, my mother sent me to help a, a drug addict friend who was on heroin at the age of 15. And I always questioned the intelligence of my mom. Say, how can you send a 15-year-old to help another drug addict? I was just in my teens, I was looking for answers, I was exploring so many things and the limelights and everything in the world and so on. So for many, many years, I questioned that. Until I think it was two zero, two 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 yeah. During my birthday, after so many years, the Lord showed me in my dream. And he spoke to me in my dream. He said, your mom gave you to me. And that was her prayer. She gave the best to me. Because all the time I thought that I was the worst. I was the black sheep of the family. I was one that was no use. But that dream actually changed a lot of things in my life. Because you were offered to me when your mom had a revelation of who G how I gave my son to her. And that was the time she gave you to me because she loved you the most in the family. And that brought a lot of healing. You know, and ever since then, I say, Lord, you take me, you use me, and many of you here, I know you, you, you have that kind of a background as well. But God is going to use you in a very, very mighty way to touch this region, to touch your friends. And one of the things, I encourage you to stand with the church. I encourage you to stand with the father of the house. I encourage you to continue to do that. Because you know why? Because it is going to be out of that place that God is going to come forth. Pastor Brian was talking about us ha ha having re revelations of the Word and everything, but every, every revelation that we have has got to align with the revelation that is in the house so that we will be protected. Everything that we are receiving has got to align with what God is saying to the house, to our spiritual father. It has got to be that way. It cannot be diverse. It cannot be divided. We cannot have our own revelation that is different from the revelation of the house because we are part and parcel of the house. So everything that we receive is for the building of the house. And many times we think that, well, I'm called for the, the, the universal church. I'm called for the big one. I'm called for the body of Christ. No, we are called first for the local church. It's like this little finger Yes, it is part of the whole body, but yet it is first connected to this local hand before it is connected to the whole body of Christ. Alright? So that is very, very, very important that we must remember that. Because a lot of people are just 
well, I've got a new revelation, I think I'm better than pastor. Pastor did, did not see this, but I got this, so I'm running on my own. Let, let's come back again to what God has. You know? And I was saying, you know, that, that Christ in us, the revelation of that Christ that is going to come forth out of us, the, the revealing of Christ. And we were talking about the gospel of salvation. The gospel of our salvation in the book of Ephesians, it did not state the gospel of salvation, but it says the gospel of your salvation. Meaning that it is not the gospel, but it is a process. The gospel of our salvation is only an entrance point into the full gospel that God has called us into. It is only an entry point. Jesus never preached the gospel of our salvation, but he came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And when Paul said in the book of Galatians, he said that the gospel I preached to you is not the gospel that is according to men, but it is the gospel that is according to Christ. It is not another gospel. He says, who has bewitched you that you have turned from the gospel to a different gospel? But we do not have a different gospel. We have only one gospel. And that is the gospel in the book of Galatians. It says the gospel that God preaches. Now God was the first preacher. It was Noah. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. But when God came preaching, He preached the first gospel to Abraham in Genesis 12. He preached the gospel to Abraham saying, in you, in your seed, all the families of the earth will be blessed. He preached the gospel to Abraham saying that in you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. It is that seed in you. And that seed, in 1 Peter it says that that seed is the incorruptible seed. That seed is Christ. Hello? Are you following me? Right, so when, when, when we sort of say the sinner's prayer, it is only a sinner's prayer. A sinner that is praying and still continue to be a sinner thinking that we are going to heaven. Thinking that it is a passport to heaven. Remember, the Malaysian passport, every five years we've got to renew. Hello? I do not know about the Australian passport. Is it for eternity? No? Ten years. Wow, at least yours is longer. Ten years. You, you know, ten years you've got to renew the passport. And if something is not right, they would reject your renewal. Correct? So in the same way as well, when we come into salvation, Paul says to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And all the time we have got to renew our passport to heaven. But, 
But the purpose of our salvation is not to go to heaven. The purpose of our salvation is to bring us to a place of maturity that when we are being born again, we can see the kingdom of heaven, that we are born of the water and of the Spirit. We can enter into heaven, but God doesn't want us to stop there. God wants us to inherit the kingdom. He wants us to come to a place of sonship that He can give us the kingdom. We come to a place that we are just like Adam and Eve, able to bring heaven down on the earth. We, we are coming to a place of becoming like Christ so that what we can say is, your kingdom come, your will be done in, uh, in our lives. And it is through that that the kingdom of heaven begins to come true here on the earth. And that is where God wants us to come back to. What is the gospel all about? The gospel is to bring out that Christ. That's why when Christmas comes, that is exactly what happens. Christ came back to restore that back to us. It's to restore that relationship back to us so that we can come back to the Father to become sons of God. To become a pattern for us, Christ came leaving us an example that we will follow in His steps. He says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except by my life, except by the Christ life, except by my example, except by my pattern, He says. And so it is by following in His steps that we come to that place of sonship. God doesn't want us to live a Christian life. God doesn't want us to live a Christian life. You know why? Because many times when we live a Christian life, we have other Christians as, as our example. And we choose the lesser example most of the time. If that Christian can do this, I can do this. If that Christian can do that, I can do that. We follow after Christians and humanly, naturally, we choose the lowest example, the easiest example to follow. But when Christ came, He came as an example for us. He doesn't want us to live a Christian life. He wants us to live a Christ life, that God life. Because He says, everything I see the Father do, I do. Everything I hear what the Father is saying, I will say. His mother was the father. His mother was his father. And our model, he says, I'm leaving you an example. And that example is Jesus himself, that Christ life. But yet, you know, the danger is that many people will say, well, Jesus is my example. I will just follow Jesus alone but not the people, but not the people that are set over our lives. Where else Paul comes saying, be imitators of me as I imitate Christ. God has given us people over our lives to be that example. And as they imitate Christ, as they follow Christ, we see that footsteps is the same. 
we follow after them. And that is what God wants us to do. God wants us to come back again to what it really is. It is about that Christ life inside of us. Without that Christ life, we cannot manifest Christ. We can be very good Christians. Many good Christians are also... Many non-Christians are also actually better than a lot of Christians. The difference between a Christian is that we are supposed to have that Christ life. I asked the young people one day, I asked, what do you call a, a person with a Russian citizenship? A Russian. Very good. Very smart people here. Revelation. Oh. What do you call a person that is from Singapore? Singaporean. So what is a Christian? A person that is in Christ. And that is what a Christian should be. We have got to be in Christ. Because the Christ in us has got to grow from within us. That seed that comes into us has got to grow and grow and grow and grow out of us so that we can become in Christ. So when we receive that word from God, when we receive salvation, that is the entrance point. We start from there, from that very seed, from that word of truth that we believe. The word is near you, in your heart and in your mouth that when you confess, correct? So that is when it happens. It starts from there. So when it begins to grow, and how can we grow that seed? Pastor said just now, it's through obedience. We have our senses exercised and we begin to grow by obedience, by the fellowshipping with one another, with the Word. We begin to grow, we begin to grow, we begin to grow in our obedience, little step, we, be, we begin to grow and grow and grow and grow until we can come into Christ, until He envelops us. And when that begins to happen, that Christ in us, in the book of Colossians says, when He appears, we appear together with Him. Why? Because that seed has grown until we can come into Him. So when He appears, we appear with, together with Him. So we do not have to try to, to, to find a position that we can be seen. We, we don't have to try to, to be famous. We, try to, we don't have to try to make a name for ourselves. But when that Christ appears, when that Christ is revealed in us in 2024, what happens is that we are going to appear together with Him. And when we appear together with Him, He is going to say, Now, See my son? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Why? Because we have learned obedience. Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. 
He learned obedience through those processes for 30 years. And when he came to Jordan, he came to John the Baptist, that was it. He says, I need to be baptized for you, by you, to fulfill what God has in mind, to fulfill all righteousness. Amen? So when he was being baptized by John, the Holy Spirit came upon him, the heavens opened, and God said, this is my beloved son in whom I will please. And that is the day of adoption. We all, Romans 8 say, we are groaning to be for the spirit of the adoption to come upon us. And when, when that happens, it bears witness in us so that we can cry out to God, Abba, Father. We can come into a place of sonship. It is a spirit of adoption. John 1.12 says, He who believes in me, he will receive me. He gives them power to become children of God, to become sons of God. They are not sons yet. They are not children of God yet. But He gives them the right. He gives them the power. And to exercise that right, to exercise that power, is to walk in obedience until such a time we become mature sons of God. So that the Spirit can come down upon us, so that the Father can look down from heaven and, and say that this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. You know, so many people, we are, we, we are so excited when the pro prophetic word came that there's going to be a double decade of open heavens. Because many of us, including me, wow, open heavens. We are going to walk with blessings. We are going to live in Goshen, in Egypt. Everything that we need, we are unaffected by what is happening in the world. God is there. You know, open heavens. Everything is about the dollar sign, for the Chinese, it's ching, 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 ching. <laughs> you know, it's, it's all about prosperity. It's all about blessings. And we are so excited because of that reason. Until recently, God showed me the open heavens. It was like His hands, His open arms, gathering the cheek. He says, I've come with a longing heart to gather Israel unto myself. But they refuse. And this open heavens is not just a blessing. It, it, it's more to it than that. It is God opening up His hands to gather us back unto Himself for a relationship with Him. That open heavens is so that we can have access to Him easily. So that we can come to God in such an open way and say, God, mm, there's no more distractions. There's nothing else that's going to draw me away from You because the heavens are open above me. I can have a direct access to God. I can just come into Him. I can just walk with Him again. I can talk with God once again. Everything that I need is in Him. Therefore, we run after Him in that relationship. Everything is about God. That when we come to Him, we come without any agendas. 
When we worship God, we are not worshipping God because there's something inside of our hearts saying that if I worship, if I draw close to God, He's going to bless me. If I draw close to God, He's going to protect me. If I draw to close to God, you know, He's going to give me this, He's going to give me that, He's going to solve my problems, He's going to heal me, He's going to solve my conditions, but no, it is all about God. And because when we begin to touch that dimension in God, we do not have to ask because He is a Father who knows our needs. It is an insult for a child to ask the father or the parents for food to eat, for clothes to wear, for a place to sleep. But the father knows what is best. And God says, I, I am better than the natural father. Do not worry about your needs. Do not worry about tomorrow. Do not worry about anything else. But I will be there. When you touch me, when you come to me, all these things will be settled. So we do not have to try to please God so that He will give to us. We don't have to. No matter how naughty the child is, the parents will still give food to them. The parents will still meet their needs. No matter how rebellious they are, the parents will still draw, reach out to them. For 11 years, I was on drugs. And the final time, I was going in and out of drug centres, Christian centres, government centres. I was just sharing that with Pastor Brian, Pastor Graham and Pastor Peter Muir yesterday evening. I was in my office and I was smoking drugs and my father came into the office. He sat down right in front of me. So I kept everything. And he says, carry on, go on. Go on with what you're doing. I said, no, I can't do it in front of you. Can you please leave? He says, no, just do it here. No problem. I could not get myself to do it. I would not even smoke a cigarette in front of him. And then he asked me, when, when are you going to give up? I told my dad, I said, well, I'm not able to. I've tried for so many years. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. I can't. So why don't you just wash your hands off me, let me go and die as a drug addict? My dad looked at me straight into the eyes and he said, well, I can do that. I can put in a newspaper that I do not have such a son under this name anymore. I can tell all, all my friends that I do not have a son like that. He chose to go his own way and I'm going my own way. But, he says, deep down inside of you, in your blood and in my blood. You know that you are my son and I know I am your father. And for the first time and the only time my father ever said to me, I love you, 
when he said that, I felt the love of God coming over me. And I told my dad, I said, all right, dad. Give me one last chance. I will go and give it up. If I make it, I make it. And if I don't, then let me go. My dad said to me, all right. And after that, that life is now just a history. But what I want to say here is that if my natural father would extend his hands to me even in such a state, everybody has given up hope on me. All my relatives, everybody, my brothers also have given up hope on me. All my uncles, relatives, cousins, everybody, my father's friends, all look at me and say, he has got no hope. They've already written me off. But yet, my dad and my mom would still reach out to me and still believe that one day I will change. And that is how God is, has been looking down into each one of our lives and He believes in us. That, why, that is why He has called us out of darkness into His wonderful light. We may walk, we may stumble now and again, we may fail now and again, we, we, we may not... We may think that we, we have not been found pleasing to Him, but here I want to tell you that if a natural father will not give up hope on us, God will not give up hope on you. So each time when you stumble, each time when you forget to pray, each time when we falter a little bit here and there, remember that God is always there reaching out to us. God is always trying to gather us unto Himself. We've got to run back to Him again and again, even though we've, we've failed. Come back to Him again. What Pastor Brian was saying, repent and just come back. Repent and just come back again and again and again. And God will always be there to give us that grace, to give us that strength so that we will be able to finish what we have been called for. Because the enemy is a liar. He will tell us that, well, you, we are a sinner. God doesn't love us anymore. God doesn't want us anymore. No, the devil is a liar. If a natural father would go all the way, how much more our Heavenly Father? And this is what God has for us. The plans and the purposes of God must come into our lives. That's why I want to say today, for every one of us that are here, I will, you know, I, I want to thank the church here. I want to thank the church here, especially that, that you're able to embrace a lot of people that are like me. Because in a lot of places, people with this kind of a past, they will not receive. If we walk into the church before, it's full of suspicion. Why are they here? We've got to watch our handbags. All the securities, their eyes are all open. It was somebody like Papa that received me, believed in me one day and he said to me, I believe in you. While the rest of the churches was ready to crucify me because Papa put me on the platform 
as a worship leader and I was still struggling with some sins in my life. I was still struggling with some weakness in my life. He put me up as a worship leader and every pastor in our town was crucifying me, was ready to crucify me. But you know, my spiritual father stood in for me and he took all the bullets for me. And this is who God is. But Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that Lord, that seed, O oh God, that is being planted, O oh God, in each one of us, let that seed begin to germinate, let that seed begin to grow, let that seed begin to come alive, that Lord, there is no stopping that seed, O oh God, that is inside of each one, even right now, O oh God. That seed, O oh God, is the Christ, O oh God, that is growing inside of us, that is maturing inside of us, that when Lord, when we, that Christ in us begin to be revealed, O oh God, the hope of glory that the world is crying out for, O oh God, the hope, O oh God, for a hopeless world, that hope, O oh God, that Lord is going to be released, O oh God, because of that seed, O oh God, that you have planted inside of us. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit, who is the glory of the Father, that Lord, even as the Holy Spirit begins to lead us and to guide us, Lord, is going to flow out of our lives, oh God, even in this season, oh God, is going to go forth, oh God, from this place, oh God, even in, in, into the streets, oh God, something is about to take place, even, even in this place, I can feel that the Spirit of God is here, I can feel that there's a groaning inside of some of your hearts, say, crying out to God, saying, Lord, let it be done unto me according to your word that there's a cry of Mary even when the word of God came to them to her she said Lord let it be done unto us according to your word Christmas at Christmas time Mary bore that Christ but this time around it is our time to bring forth that Christ it is our time to reveal that Christ it is our time to bring forth the hope of glory even to sail in the name of Jesus I give you thanks Lord Father I pray right now oh God this is the place, O oh God, that you are coming for, O oh God. This is a church, O oh God, that you will continuously, O oh God, be here, O oh God. Something, O oh God, of your presence, O oh God, will begin to increase in this place, O oh God. That Lord, even the lost, O oh God, as they begin to enter in, O oh God, they will find healing in the name of Jesus. Every new person that is will begin to walk through that door, O oh God. They will begin to feel different, O oh God. They will begin to feel your presence, O oh God. They will have an infilling of your Holy Ghost. Yet, Lord, even though you have said to us, be holy, for you are holy, be perfect, for you are perfect. Lord, we know that we need the Holy Ghost, O oh God, to make us holy. We need you, O oh God, to cause us to be perfect, O oh God, so that we can walk with you, so that we can run with you, so that we can talk with you. Father, I give you thanks for this church, O oh God. I give you thanks, O oh God, for the people that are here, O oh God, that know what it is, O oh God, to stand by Pastor Brian, O oh God, and Pastor Lean, O oh God. I thank you, O oh God, that Lord, you are raising up this company of people, O oh God, that will know what it is, O oh God, to stand by their leaders, O oh God. They will stand by, O oh God, the, the, the father of the house that you have said, O oh God, above them, O oh God, that because of that reason, O oh God, something is going to break forth, O oh God, in this church, O oh God, and something is going to break forth in their lives, O oh God, even as they begin to Connect with them, O oh God, accurately, O oh God, as sons and daughters, O oh God. Everything that you have placed upon Him, O oh God, is going to flow, O oh God, even into these families, O oh God, into their children, O oh God, and their children's children, O oh Lord. Father, I pray even right now, O oh God, let this connection be strong, O oh God, for even if 
as Pastor Brian and Pastor Lean, oh God, begins to imitate you, oh God, and begin to follow you in your steps, oh God. We pray, oh God, that this, His people, oh God, will begin to follow after that footsteps, oh God, of His love, oh God, of their love, oh God, for you, oh God. So Lord, I thank you, oh God. I thank you, oh God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for what you are doing in this place. This is an unusual place. This is an awesome place. A place, oh God, that your hand is upon. So Lord, I give you thanks. I give you praise, oh God, that your blessings, oh God, will be upon the people in this place. And that blessing, oh God, is not material things alone. But your blessing of yourself, your presence is going to come down upon each and every one of them in a mighty way. In the name of Jesus, I give you thanks, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.